0: So that stuff used to scare me a lot, like to hear at the end of ordinary time leading up to the beginning of Advent, all of those doom and gloom things. And I remember once hearing a homily about how it's not meant to scare us. It's meant to remind us to prepare. Because if we're prepared, it doesn't matter what we face, right? And so I always think of that. And that's, I think, really what the season of Advent calls us to is this preparation. This episode of Beyond Sunday is sponsored by the PIME Mission Development Projects Program. This Advent, share the joy of the birth of Christ by educating children living in desperate conditions, feeding abandoned babies, or providing a safe learning space for disabled children. Learn how you can change lives at PimeUSA.org slash 52 projects. Welcome to Beyond Sunday,
1: a podcast for parents like us striving to weave the Sunday experience into the everyday moments of our
0: week. I'm your co-host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm Tara Stenger, your other guest co-host for the day. Grab your champagne, confetti, and noisemakers and join us as we talk, laugh, and reflect on our experiences, raising Catholic families and allowing God to transform our everyday lives.
1: Welcome, Tara. Thanks, Nicole. So, some of you listeners may have noticed that this is not Rocky sitting next to me today. No. (laughs) No. Sorry. (laughs) Rocky is feeling a little under the weather, so Tara has come to visit us for a few episodes, and I hope you will enjoy her time with us, because she is also a very
0: experienced, lovely Catholic mom, wife. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Tara? Well, I get to work with Nicole, and I'm friends with Rocky, so I know them both in real life, so I feel very privileged to be here. Um, I'm married, my husband and I have been married over 13 years, and we have two boys. Uh, One is seven, one is 11, so I call it our slurpy year of life. Uh, And we probably are gonna they're going to try to get a lot of Slurpees out of it. <laughs> I was just going to say, when they hear this, are they going to demand a Slurpee? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> they've tried to find a way to get Slurpees anytime they can. So
1: Well, we're so happy to have you here today. We can't wait to hear what your thoughts are about these next few episodes as we approach Christmas time, as we approach Christmas season. Advent is going to be wonderful this year. I just, I can already feel it in my bones. It's going to be a great Advent. So welcome. Thank you. Well, since we are officially starting a new liturgical year this coming Sunday. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy liturgical New Year. And Whenever I say that on the first Sunday of Advent, my kids are like, Mom, really? Like, really? But it is, right? It's important. We should be celebrating That's a new year. But I thought it would be a good time to talk about how your family can use 52sundays.com through this liturgical year um, to be intentional about that whole weaving of the Sunday experience into our week. So like we're getting ready for a new liturgical year. We're getting ready for a new calendar year. 52 Sundays 2024 is in preparation right now. So we just thought this would be a great time to really talk about what are some really great things that are already in 52sundays.com, what are some ways that we can really enter into Advent using the tools that are in there, and maybe some interesting things that you guys are doing at your house too, Tara.
0: It's going to be a whirlwind, but yes, no, I think that's great because I think there's so many tools right on that website that... uh, whether you've been using it all along or want to dive in deeper just during the Advent season, that you can personalize it and make it usable for you. And that's what's so great is Advent season is about your personal journey, whether it's you personally or you as a family. And so you can find a way to help you grow looking at what's on there, right?
1: Yes. And i just like to point out for our listeners that it's really exciting to have Terry here because she is really, in my opinion, the brain behind 52Sundays.com. She is the one who puzzles together all those wonderful fun facts and saints we get to learn about and recipes and little discussion questions after each gospel reading like she just she has such a wonderful gift for seeing how all these things connect. I would not be surprised if she gives us a couple little nuggets that we hadn't thought about before.
0: Well, thank you. It's a team effort, but I do enjoy puzzling it all together, uh seeing how the different liturgical years help us grow each cycle to cycle. So, happy to be here. So, so do you feel like this Advent is
1: A little more high pressure because it's really only like three weeks and one day long
0: it is intense like that fourth sunday of advent being 24 hours (laughs) from vigil to vigil uh it can be very intense and then it it just feels overwhelming because you don't even get that fourth week of advent to prep for christmas you have to be prepped for christmas on that fourth sunday of advent because it starts that night right It's so short it's just it feels like it's not enough time right But I feel like Advent never feels like it's enough time. Like I'm ready for Advent by Christmas Eve at four o'clock and it's like, it's Christmas Eve. And I'm like, no, I'm ready for it to be Advent now. Like I'm ready to just be and rest and hope. And it's like, nope. Now you're going down the hill. It's like sledding. Yes. It's like, I finally made it to the top. Let me just be. And it's like, nope, you're going on down. Right.
1: And then like you blink and all of a sudden your kids are like crashing from sugar yeah, and holiday meltdown, and yeah,
0: or <laughs> and the things so that fast. they've told you all along they wanted, and then Christmas Eve they're like, "But this is the thing I really wanted that you've never heard them You're mention like, once in their life." I've, so what
1: is? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what is that? No, you don't want that.
0: <laughs> or, or it's like
1: a thing that's like a thousand dollars. it's like I don't know. That's not. Right. That's not even reasonable. Right. Oh, so true all right well the first thing we have kind of on our we always have three things okay Uh, it's like the trinity of ideas i love it i don't know but the first thing we have on here is this um this gospel passage from this coming sunday about staying awake about Mm -hmm. watchfulness you know and how do we do this in a way that doesn't sound like total doom and gloom like how do we kind of make this a theme that we weave through the
0: week how do we talk to our kids about it um what are your thoughts on that I love it. I So that stuff used to scare me a lot, like to hear at the end of ordinary time, leading up to the beginning of Advent, all of those doom and gloom things. And I remember once hearing a homily about how it's not meant to scare us. It's meant to remind us to prepare. Because if we're prepared... It doesn't matter what we face, right? And so I always think of that. And that's, I think, really what the season of Advent calls us to is this preparation. Preparation not only for the celebration of Christmas, but preparing our hearts for Christ, preparing for Christ coming. Uh, It's just that time. And so it's these opportunities to kind of build those habits of preparation. Like, Mm. are we building that chance to pray? Are we building those opportunities to spend time intentionally as a family? And so for me, it becomes not from the doom and gloom of going through the motions, but like finding those opportunities, especially in like that first week of Advent. We already have a holy day pop up with the Immaculate Conception. And so it's like, yay, we get this opportunity to practice again. We get this opportunity to try and making those kind of things special uh, is a real chance. And it becomes kind of our attitude as parents and that can be tough in the day-to-day life of going on as well as adding holidays on top of it. But it's that opportunity to say, what is the attitude I'm showing my kids, my spouse, what is the attitude I'm going to God with? Am I taking him my problems or am I acting like I have to take care of it all myself? All of those different things. Like I have to take care of all the gift wrapping. I don't. I just need to ask for help. You know? yes. <laughs> it's finding those opportunities. I so. really like how you said that because we've definitely talked about that here before,
1: about how sometimes behavior precedes belief and sometimes the other way around. Yeah. And I like the idea of really being intentional about making sure those two things are very closely interconnected, even in a really short Advent, right? Like it's challenging to fit all that stuff in there, but if we do it with intentionality and we do it in like joy, like joyful anticipation, it can be a really exciting thing for everybody. And it can be the thing that kind of holds us together in those stressful moments of preparing for Christmas. Right.
0: And I think a lot of times, like we assume joy is going to be the byproduct as opposed to joy being the outlook. Yeah. And so even when things are going crazy, when you burn the cookies, when you know, everything on the Christmas tree falls down because the cat jumps on it, whatever it might be, <laughs> you can still find joy in those moments. And a lot of times, I don't know about you, but my kids, sometimes those things that I thought were a disaster are sometimes their best core memories that they oh were gosh. like, they find so much joy in it. Yeah. So. And then it becomes like a tradition. Then they want to right. like repeat the disaster. <laughs> I have a friend who tells a story uh, when you're for whatever reason family situation whatever like the way Christmas happened wasn't the nice wrapped under the tree and everything everything got thrown in bags and all this other stuff and she's like and I thought it was just a disaster and she goes and my kids tell all their friends about it and act like we want bad Christmas again we want this again because it just made such a fun memory because it was something special but they didn't understand it was circumstantial. Yeah, but it made it such such a core memory for them that they started requesting it. <laughs> yeah, you know that's yeah
1: that's so that's so real because I think it might have been like five or six years ago when we had strap during Christmas. And so we were home, like just us, in the house on Christmas Day and didn't go anywhere. And we loved it so much that now we just don't schedule ourselves to go anywhere on Christmas. And it's the best. Like the kids love it. That's awesome. They eat like... They just snack all day. We don't actually, like, make lunch. They stay in their pajamas. They read all their new books, play with whatever they got for Christmas. Everybody just hangs out. It's so peaceful. But it started because it was, like, disaster. Like, I'm in urgent care on December 23rd getting a prescription for antibiotics kind of situation,
0: you know? No, and I think a lot of us through COVID had those situations had to change. And I know we were worried with my oldest because he is – this is what we do, this is our tradition. And so things had to change. And then the next year he's like, well, can we do that again? That'd be great. (laughs) And it's like, are you sure? And you know, for Christmas, Easter, whatever it might be, but you know, sometimes those things that we see the disaster and they see real opportunity. And so our outlook really impacts how they embrace it and so they can see it as the worst thing ever or an opportunity yeah. for for great things.
1: I love that you said that joy is not the byproduct, it's the outlook. That is just such a helpful way to enter into the season because it is going to be it is going to be stressful, right? But if we come into it with a joyful outlook, it, that can change everything about the way we interact and the behaviors and and the the traditions that we try to put in place. That's just awesome. All right, so let's see next up we already, we already mentioned the Immaculate Conception on December 8th, which is a holy day of obligation, get thee to church. But before that, we have a little feast day for St. Nicholas. Yes.
0: Do you guys practice St. Nicholas' feast day in your house? We do practice St. Nicholas's feast day to the point it has to go on the calendar, so I don't forget that the feast of St. Nicholas is coming up. Same. Uh, it's more just a gentle reminder, but mm-hmm. yes, we do practice St. Nicholas. Uh, and it varies year to year. But what's been really cool is watching my kids then go tell their friends about St. Nicholas, especially those that might not practice or know about faith and things like that. It's become this real evangelization moment unintentionally. Is that like I'm like, here's the story of St. Nicholas. Must You must go tell everybody about it. But instead it becomes this, this is what happened and this is why. And it's joyful to give to others and da, 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 da. And I just, I can't contain them. So I'm like take it. So go. you do the shoes. We do the shoes. Okay. Yes. And what do you put in the shoes? Depends on the year. Uh, last year it may have been, um, I don't know, Easter bunny gold coins that were left over from St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. But it depends year to year. So That's I, record
1: breaking. I've done Halloween candy for yeah. sure. But to have something left over from Easter is yeah. pretty impressive. It
0: was super fun. But I, uh, I'm allergic to chocolate. So I tend to also find stuff that's non-chocolate to go in there. We usually do a couple quarters. They get some actual coins. Um, and then usually some kind of like toy or little gift like a book or a, like a little activity pad or something like that. And then something St. Nicholas themed, whether it's a sticker. Yes. One year they got uh, a little St. Nicholas ornament. Uh, sometimes they get, like a, the gift also might be socks. We usually do oh, some kind of crazy fun, like like slippers, slippers. socks. Yeah. We've done slipper socks. Oh, We've nice. done all those kind of different things. Um, and then they still have those and grow into them. I tend to buy my kids bigger sizes so they can keep wearing them as they grow. Definitely. And then my son always wears his St. Nicholas socks on St. Nicholas of Day course. because there's no better day, right? Of so, course. I, I love
1: St. Nicholas Day. I think it's such a fun way to tie in the holiday season with our, with our traditions. And um, now that my kids are bigger, one of the things that we really love to do is talk about his story and talk yeah. about how he's such a wonderful model of Christ's love and of sacrifice. Um, and my kids definitely love to tell the story about how um in tradition he punched Arius for yeah. making heresy about denying the divinity of, of Jesus. Um and so there's there's a little bit of that we like to joke about punching a heretic on the Feast of St. Nicholas. But for the most part, it's still candy in the shoes and it's definitely <laughs> tying it to the tradition of Christmas and Santa Claus. And it's just such a fun way to really
0: again have joy be the outlook and it's also a great way I find to introduce your kids to the communion of saints like there's some stories that might not always make the most sense to them or they can't connect with but the idea of giving gifts to others to help take care of them makes total sense so like I know my oldest you know he's he's going to start preparing for confirmation in the coming years. And he's like, well, maybe St. Nicholas would be my saint. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe not. But he's already feeling this connection to a saint that we can then start the conversation about meeting the rest of the communion of saints. You know, it just becomes this natural way that makes sense to them to start talking about some of the saints.
1: A hundred percent. And and like that spirit of St. Nicholas is so beautiful because it really just connects the idea of gift giving through the whole liturgical year, yeah. especially in Advent, obviously, but like through the whole liturgical year, you can always kind of echo back to that experience of him being willing to give a gift and even gift of self. Um, and it's just... Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I think uh, even in like secular language, we can talk about like everybody wanting to be an elf for Santa or everybody wanting to be a Santa. Yeah, Yeah.
0: like we can see needs for others and we can help answer those. Right. Mm -hmm. God has given us these gifts that we can help answer those, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think that kind of ties into um, another thing that we can try to do during Advent if you haven't considered it yet. You know, some people like to call it like a mini Lent. And that's to be sure that you're giving alms during Advent too, that you're entering into prayer um, and that you're also giving alms. So St. Nicholas is a wonderful spirit and a saint to invoke if you decide to do any type of charity work or corporal works of mercy or even spiritual works of mercy too. But you know, just doing something where you're giving um, to others who who need it the most. And this is a great time to do it because there's so many opportunities for giving. A
0: hundred percent. And a lot of parishes have what, like giving trees or different opportunities to serve, whether it's bringing the physical gift or coming help wrap them or different things like that to help give. And those are great ways to involve your kids.
1: Yeah, I think our giving tree
0: actually showed up Right before
1: the first Sunday of Advent, so like last week, but um, but we, you know, to be able to take a few tags off the tree, let your kids help you with the shopping. If you decide to adopt a family, have them help pick things out for the kids in the family. If you know how old they are, help them wrap the gifts like, really getting them involved in that um, is so meaningful, and it's like that muscle. Memory of, like, I remember going to the store and doing this, and I remember wrapping it and and the tape, and right,
0: (laughs) right, and then it becomes that habit, right? It prepares us that this is what we do. We are charitable people, we try to give, and even if it's just taking cookies to the neighbor next door, it's something that we do, and we make time and energy to do it, right? We put in that effort, so
1: yes. I'd just like to make a side note that if you haven't already, today is the day where you should go buy. Scotch tape in like yes. bulk quantities, yes. especially if you're going to let your kids be the ones to wrap the gifts because or all me. your tape will disappear. Or me. I'm not the best wrapper.
0: <laughs> I might be the person in charge of wrapping, but I am not the best wrapper. We have a video from when I was a kid and my mom had to unwrap and wrap. I took like way too much paper to wrap a magnet. So I I also need the Scotch tape, Nicole. <laughs> oh, so much tape. It's just, uh-huh. it's so much tape. And also, why do all the scissors disappear? They do. And <laughs> right? It's like it's I too- have. And out. then you find them in February. It's like, where were these eight pairs of scissors, you know, two months ago? But yeah. Yes. It's, it's That's also a great St. Nicholas gift. Buy yourself a pair of scissors. Yeah, so. that is
1: a great... Cin- Maybe I should put Scotch tape in their shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hint, hint, wrap me a gift. So, <laughs> Or like, here, stop stealing my tape. This one is yours. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> With a label maker, like put their names on it. That'd be amazing. So I mean... I've definitely put post-it
1: notes and like pens and stuff in their stockings before so I feel like this is still a reasonable St. Right. Nicholas gift.
0: And you can get them the large weighted paper like tape dispensers. They, cause they have fun designs and such like oh. that. Like somebody could have a platypus or a I, race car, ca- stuff yeah. like that.
1: You guys I might actually do this. I might give my kids tape dispensers <laughs>
0: for St. <Saint> Nicholas Day. <laughs> that's amazing this might be a thing it's gonna happen I'm, I may have to shop with you so we'll see what's going on <laughs> it's so. gonna be a thing it's how about your kids amazing. anything fun with their shoes
1: we always um, put some candy in there maybe leftover Halloween candy if I can find gold coins I I do that too but we have two kids with a, a nut allergy so you know we got to be careful about which ones we put in there understood but then always some kind of little toy you know um, or or a book or, or something Just exciting and I do try to make it St. Nicholas themed and last year I found um, candies at Aldi. They were like little chocolates that were supposed to look like Santas but for some reason the hat was shaped almost like a bishop hat. Oh wow. And I was like, yes, these are perfect. So sometimes you find those little treasures in places you don't expect. They find you, Yeah. yeah. It's true it's true so it worked out really well but yes they they still get a kick out of it even now and they definitely do go to school and tell everybody about what was in their shoe and i'm surprised at how many uh families around who maybe aren't even practicing their faith still celebrate this tradition which i think just gives us such a wonderful opportunity to continue to pray for them to ask saint nicholas to continue to pray for them too and bring them back to the church so that's that's a great point yes well, Advent, like we mentioned earlier, does start this new liturgical year. So, one of the things we've talked about before is New Year's resolutions. Wow. It's never too early to get started on that. Maybe we talk about an Advent or
0: a liturgical year resolution. Do you have any liturgical New Year resolutions? Ooh, is it fun that I want to send resolutions for other people, but maybe not my <laughs> own? I don't think no, that's how just, it's supposed to work. That right? just means you're a mom. That's what moms do. <laughs> So I think uh, for our family, it's for sure trying to find opportunities to pray together more in different styles. My kids each have different prayer styles that really speak to them. And so just trying to make sure we add some variety to our prayer life that we can make sure they have those opportunities or that we're exposing them to different opportunities uh like my husband and I both love adoration but that isn't always great for wiggly little kids but we can try it in small bites and so taking them to that but my oldest loves praise and worship music it really just helps him connect to the Lord and enter into prayer he finds he sings those you know those kind of songs when he's having difficult times and such, so making sure we sprinkle in some songs and things like that. He loves O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, so that is a big favorite in Ooh, the Advent season. that's a great season. song for Advent. And so, and then my youngest is, uh, he's artistic, so he loves beauty and images and things like that. So finding, you know, visiting maybe adoration at a church that has a lot of imagery or things like that. Now this is all the wish list. I, sh- I, don't, I shouldn't say it's the resolution. The resolution is just try to be more intentional. <laughs> That's a but, that's a much but more But these realistic. are ideas on how it could happen. The intentionality is uh you know just trying to find the time I have. My husband's in school as well as working. So it's just time is is a commodity and uh especially in the in this season when all the par parties are popping up and family celebrations or people are in from out of town and you want to make sure you take advantage of that but it's uh, figuring out what that looks like. So how about you?
1: Yeah, you know, we mentioned that last, uh, I think it was last episode actually, like about being really intentional and like putting time on the calendar Mm -hmm. even to really kind of follow through with whatever it is that you wanna try to commit to during Advent. So um, I mentioned this way at the beginning of the year, but last Advent, my family and I decided that we were gonna go to Adoration every Tuesday in Advent. Beautiful. And so this year it's much shorter. Yeah. <laughs> so we're actually going to... Um, we started early. We started a little bit early. So we we go every Tuesday. We have a holy hour at our home parish and we stay for the whole hour. That's awesome. We are not silent the whole time. No. They are, they are not like not wiggly they definitely still are they're supposed to come as they are right exactly so we come and we do our best and we focus and everybody brings you know a Bible or like a book about the Saints or we have this really cute little coloring book from Catholic Sprouts called um, adoring Jesus with the Saints and they color in there sometimes they just write little notes Um, but their favorite part at least for the boys is that benediction father will have one of them come up and ring the bells at benediction and it's that nice just makes it so real, right? They're part of it. They're participating in a really active way and they've learned all the songs. Like they can sing Ergo" in Latin, which they think is very cool. So um, we're going to do that again this year. I already made sure that we have that on the calendar. Like we're all going to commit to it. And again, we just go as we are. We don't dress up. Maybe sometimes one kid has pajama pants on maybe sometimes we don't make
0: it the whole hour no but you're doing what you can (laughs) exactly right i remember taking uh our parish was doing a like a holy hour one time with like praise and worship music and just this real opportunity for young people and so i took my then two-year-old uh just to go to be supportive we're gonna go for a little bit and we made it maybe seven minutes and i'm pretty sure a bathroom break was part of that (laughs) (laughs) so but in it he sat there and you know he was just watching everybody but he's making noise he's walking up and down the pew but he wanted to be there and as we were leaving he's like i'm like all right we're gonna leave let's say bye to jesus like just thinking like we're gonna bless ourselves and he's like bye jesus and walks out and it's just this precious moment that it's like i could get mad that he wasn't behaving to what my expectations were in adoration or i could say hey i really want him to build a relationship with jesus And that's how you would talk to a friend, right? You would say hi and bye when you go to leave. Not like in the movies where they don't say bye and just hang up the phone. Like we literally (laughs) say hi and bye to one another. And so I I remember that as like, that really changed me to think of how am I acting and am I coming as I am? You know, What's my posture of prayer? And so it's a real opportunity. I think in this year of the Eucharistic revival that we're in in this parish year, it's a real opportunity just to find uh, chances for us to connect to Jesus in our parishes and our families of parishes and things. And so that's why it's hard to say what we're going to do in Advent because Advent is a whirlwind. But like if we're going to be more intentional, let's find these chances to help our kids grow. My husband and I were just talking about that, right? We want to, it's not always that we want to do all the things that they want to do, but we want to be intentional in finding those opportunities. If this is going to help them grow in relationship with God, then we want to make sure they have those opportunities to do it. And let's figure out what that looks like. I think that's our the family. hardest thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like,
1: even even after Advent, when everything starts coming down and all the decorations Aww. are done, it makes me sad. It's like, <laughs> it makes you sad to think about it already. Know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's. I think that's the hardest thing is like continuing to kind of weave that in when you feel like you're so tired. And right. it's just been such a marathon to get to the finish line. But um, but yeah, come as you are. And that that kind of just leads us into our our challenge for you this coming week. And that's to think together, maybe as a whole family, maybe you and your spouse first and then bring your kids into the conversation. But how is it that Jesus is calling your family to be more watchful, to be um, entering into this from a position of joy, from an outlook of joy um, as we enter into this new liturgical year, as we enter into Advent, Um And one of the things I definitely want to encourage you to do, if you're not already doing it, I'm sure some of you are, is to really think about using 52 Sundays with intention. Maybe just one piece of it once a week. You know, maybe it's a different piece every week, but just figuring out one way to take a little bit of time and and say the family prayer or read about the saint or
0: read the gospel together. Right. And take it beyond Sunday. So maybe we do this on Sunday, but on Wednesday this week, we're going to make sure we say that family prayer together again, or we'll try the recipe and share it with a neighbor. Right. That could be our little acts of mercy that we do absolutely thank you for listening to beyond sunday we hope your new liturgical year and advent season is joyful find more episodes at 52 sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on spotify apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast and don't forget you can reach us at beyond sunday at aod.org
1: this episode of Beyond Sunday has been sponsored by the PIME Mission Development Projects Program. This Advent, share the joy of the birth of Christ by educating children living in desperate conditions, feeding abandoned babies, or providing a safe learning space for disabled children. Learn how you can change lives at PIMEUSA.org 52projects.